blood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. But what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where's the standard at? We're in a war, y'all. It's time to stand, y'all. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear, and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. The Bible says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. I want to use a very simple subject, but yet real deep. On this God sent Sunday morning, I want to talk to you about the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. God is the one and the only one who gives the gift of righteousness to the believer in Christ Jesus. Righteousness. And justification is what God does. As well as remove the guilt and the condemnation of sin. The gift of righteousness. Righteousness is right standing with God. Even in a wrong world. Righteousness. Is a free gift. As I repeated. That only God. Can give. And as we look at this gift. Which is freely given to the believer. Everybody say believer. Is given freely to the believer. By the Lord, because it is what God requires and what God approves, because all of man's righteousness are as filthy rags. So when we think about being born in sin, and when we think about being shapen in iniquity, and remembering the word that says, in sin did my mother conceive me. Which means then that our daddy was a sinner. Even though he may have been a Christian, he released a sinful spurn. Because nobody born the first time from their mother's womb is born again. Which makes that person void of God's righteousness. Void of God's forgiveness. Void of God's wisdom, sanctification, and void of redemption. So this gift of righteousness is so, so, so very, very, very important for eternal consequences on the other side of the river. How many of you all know that this world and this life is not all that it is to this thing. There is life after death. 
And I'm happy to announce those of us that are born again are now experiencing life after death. You hath he quickened who were dead. So this gift of righteousness that only God can give is the standard that God has set for every human being to reach, which is already impossible to be done. So whatever God requires, God also provides. Now looking at this gift of righteousness, again Romans 5 and 17, for by one man's offense, death reigned by one, talking about Adam, much more they who receive abundance of grace. Somebody say, I got abundance of grace. See, grace is received. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So God gives us the gift of righteousness to enable us to reign in life, to really be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. And be a part of that group of believers that refuse to let the devil just push us around. Anytime he gets ready, he wants to come and live in our houses and corrupt our children and corrupt our minds and put sickness and all the rest of that stuff on us. But we are to be reigning in life. We're supposed to be walking like a king and talking like a king and and moving and operating like a king and being prosperous as a king. We're to reign in life because we've been given also abundance of grace. That means I know I got faults and failures. I, I know I have them. I'm the only one in the building with them, but I have them. And, and that's why the Lord has given just to me only now the abundance of grace. And it's so much in abundance until we can grow in it. We can grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. A lot of God's people are destroyed because they have no knowledge. And a lot of God's people are still struggling with the effects of sin. Which means then that we are void of understanding the depths of righteousness. Because righteousness also removes condemnation. And if any man be in Christ, he is free of condemnation. And the reason for that is because Christ died upon the weight of the law. The law of Moses which consists of the first five books in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and all that comes from Genesis all the way to Mount Calvary is the law of Moses. And up under that law, that law is the administration of condemnation. And nobody ever got saved upon the law, not even Moses. You know, oftentimes here in this church, and myself being a doctrinal teacher, we oftentimes, and almost 99% of the time, we're dealing with legal matters. Because the Bible is a legal document. And we must understand that every word of God has to be rightly divided in the generation in which God's people are alive and embracing his word. And so when we talk about this Bible being a legal document, we can track God in time and even in eternity because everything he wants us to know, he put it in his word. So how then can a man that is born a sinner be declared righteous in the sight of a holy God? then it would have to come from God alone who sets the parameters of our faith 
and who has allowed us to be born into this world and for some of us, born again. And being born again, we are now removed from the first Adam because in Adam all die. And the new birth puts us into Christ, the second Adam or the last Adam. And seals us until the day of redemption and forgives us for every sin we've ever committed. You missed the opportunity to shout right there. You act like you ain't did no sin. I'm not trying to put it on you. The Bible says, for all have sinned and all have come short have missed the mark. So that puts everybody that's born into this world on equal footing. Nobody born the first time is born again. So everybody need to be saved. And God giving the gift of righteousness as a free gift so that we might reign in life. You can go farther in life if you're not condemned. You can go farther in life if you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. You can stand and declare and take authority over all the ability of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Tell you, we're supposed to be reigning in life. In, 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 other, words, in other words, God says, in another place before you call, I'll answer. In another place, he said, make your request known unto God and, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your heart and mind. See, we are born again into the kingdom. And kings and queens ought to reign. Not live and prioritize poverty, but to reign in life. Because in the first Adam, we all were dead. In Adam all died. But in this Adam the Lord Jesus Christ all are made alive. We're supposed to be reigning in life. Because God has given us through Jesus the victory over everything we'll face out there. This gift of righteousness also gives me access. Gives the body of Christ access into the presence of almighty God uncondemned uncondemned so if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us watch this from all unrighteousness unrighteousness are deeds that are done wrongly toward man ungodliness is deeds that are done wrongly toward God so when we talk about this gift of righteousness we can never be condemned we can never be condemned because there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ. That means then that we have been liberated and set free by God to reign in this life. The day ought to be gone where the devil come in and take your kids and put them on drugs and, and, and destroy your house and all that other stuff. No, it's time to stand up and tell the devil how the cow ate the cabbage. We're supposed to be reigning in life. And you see, when you see people that are free in the Lord and moving right along and they're tithers and they're building houses and they're getting debt free and they're testifying about the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living, people that don't know word, the first thing they're going to talk about, you just bragging who you think you are. No, I'm not bragging. I'm telling you the truth. I'm saved and can never be lost. I'm saved and I can never be condemned. I'm saved and I'm set free. Free to chart my course as the Holy Ghost lead me in this lifetime. And you are not Holy Ghost Junior to me. So let me read on because we've got a lot of scripture to cover right here. But we need to understand this gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace. Oh yeah, I may fall down. A just man may fall seven times. 
make a complete fool out of himself. But he say, I, I'll never leave you. And he said, if you my child, I'm going to chasten you. So it ain't like you running buck wild through this world. And God said, listen, if you mess up, you better fess up. Because I got something for you. So God chastises or corrects his own. He doesn't bother the devil's kids. Romans 5 and 17 through 21, and I'm reading. Where are we going to read? Verses 17 to 21. Are you there? All right, let's read. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. See, sin was on the throne until Calvary. Moses had administration of condemnation and nobody ever got saved. Up under the law. Not even Moses. So by the law. There shall no flesh be justified. In God's sight. So since the offense of Adam. Whose sin made all men being born. Sinners. Then God sent a man. The Lord Jesus. And it's through his righteousness. The righteousness of one. The free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Now righteousness and justification, both of these are legal terms. And it gets real deep right through here because God steps up and the guy who is a dope dealer, a drug pusher, a murderer, and everything else that's wrong with mankind, this guy steps up and says, I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus coming to my heart. That man right there has been justified. Wait. What, what, oh, oh. <laughs> Didn't he kill somebody? Didn't he sell some drugs? Didn't he do all this? God says, listen, I'm justifying you. Now, now watch this. God justifies the sinner. Not, not the good people. See, when I, when I got born again and started telling my testimony at the church, people started looking at me like, how dare you come up in here talking about you sold drugs and all this. How dare you? No. How dare you to sit and think that you were not a sinner? Now, if you were not a sinner, ain't no salvation for you. So it's not us comparing one another with one another to see who can do the biggest sinning. Now, God puts his whole reputation on the line. He steps up and he says, okay, because Fred have accepted Jesus, I have washed away all of his sins, every one of them. But see, my neighbor know that I sold drugs because they bought some of them. <laughs> so God steps up and says, you know what? Fred is justified because he accepted my son. I justified him. That's a legal term. I justified him and he can never, ever be lost ever again. So if Fred decides, okay, all right, I'm with this church thing. 
I got Jesus. But this Saturday night, I'm running a little short on money, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going back to my neighbor's house. I'm going to sell him some more drugs. You say, wait a minute. Aren't you justified? Sure am. Aren't you saved? Sure am. Have all your sins been washed away? Sure have. But you're going to go back selling drugs? Sure am. I need the money. I know you ain't heard it like this before, but you need to hear it. Because what happens right here, God says, as many as I love, I chase them. I'm going to whip your butt, Fred, because first of all, you were not my child when you was doing that first. Now you're my child, and you think you're going to go back to doing that? I got something for you. I got something for you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whip you. I'm going to chastise you. But because I gave you my word and saved you, I can't get rid of you, and you can't get rid of me. So we, we stuck together. That's what grace does. Grace lifts that condemnation up off of me. And when my mind is renewed by the word of God, I know that I'm redeemed. Now my love for God is what ought to enable me to live right and to walk right. He said, now, if you love me, obey me. See, so a lot of people got this thing twisted. Once saved, always saved. I don't give, it does not matter. I don't give a good cahoot what anybody thinks about it. In my flesh dwells no good thing. And as long as you are on this planet, you're going to be challenged with your flesh. That's why God has given the believer the gift of righteousness because it can never be worked for to be earned. So he wants us to live eternally with him over there and to walk with him over here. And that's why he gave us the gift of righteousness so we can never be lost. And if we fall down, he's going to pick us up again. Am I somewhere in the Bible? All right, Romans chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Because there are some folk that think that they are better than other people because they haven't done certain sins. That's a fatal flaw right there. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fatal flaw. It just depends on what level of sin you want to sin. But to think you can't. Or to think that you have never. That's a fatal flaw. Because Jesus does not save anybody but sinners. So if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's a sinner talking to Jesus. And God justifies. It doesn't mean that he was satisfied with, our, with the lifestyle that we were living. But we were doing what sinners do. What do sinners do? Sinners sin. Ain't no such thing as a sinner not sinning. How you gonna be a sinner and not sin? Now, you, you may not get all involved in it, but sometimes even a sinner's thought is sinful. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking to your neighbor. Huh? A sinner's thoughts are sinful. That's why David, even though he messed up, he asked, Lord, create in me a clean heart. That's, that's what I need. Because I, I sit up and I think evil about everybody. So, it's a fatal flaw to think because you don't do certain things that you were not born a sinner. Huh? Your last name Pettibone. You so you think you 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 missed and miss Pettibone. What is that? What I got to do with anything? All have sinned. So if all have sinned, 
All have come short. All have missed the mark. That's why all need saving. For the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Okay? Now, are you in Romans 3? Let's look at verses 9 and 10. Romans 3, 9 and 10. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no way. For we have before proved both Jews and Negroes and white folk and Mexicans and Hispanics that they are all under sin. Now, if all are under sin, what does that mean? That means all are under sin. Ain't no born again the first time people. You're born the first time a sinner. If you accept Jesus, you're born again. Out of the womb of the word. Outside your mother's womb. So then look at verse 10. As it is written. This is written. There is none righteous. No, not one. Now, now how, how can somebody, because they have lived a pretty decent life, your mama's a school teacher. And, and, and you know, and, and I'm not knocking all that. But the, the best among us is the worst among us. So God had to give the gift of righteousness in order to sustain us forever. Now, we don't know what sin is except by the law. By the law is the knowledge of sin. So the law tells us what sin is. Grace tells us how we can be delivered. And grace is unearned, unmerited favor. And that being the case, since we're not better, we are not better. And let me hurry up to say, we ain't worse either. So somewhere in the middle, God will meet you right there. Okay? Okay? Romans 10th chapter. I'm talking about righteousness as a free gift. Now, you don't hear a lot of teaching like this because I think for the most part, people have become and have gotten used to sandwiches at the church. A lot of people have gotten on to these sandwiches and Vienna sausage scriptures or sermons. Let me put it like that. But baby, that comes some time in your life. You need something deep. You need... You, you need to understand what God has done for you. It cannot be undone. And because a believer sins does not make that believer a sinner. I don't care where people get their doctrine from. This gift of righteousness causes us to reign in life. If you fall down, God will pick you up. He'll pick you up. That's what he does. And so he approved this gift. That's why he gave it to us. Because it was no other way for us to get it. Do you appreciate this gift of righteousness? All right, let's go a little bit deep in the well. Romans, the 10th chapter, verses 1 through 4. Do you have it? All right, read. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe it. Do you see the qualifier? He's the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. He's not the end of the law for righteousness 
to everyone who does not believe. You got it? So Paul says, I bear them record. They have a zeal for God, but are not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So what is he talking about? What is the apostle talking about? They got their own little standard of righteousness, but they have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Why? Because they're ignorant. They're ignorant. And anytime basically Paul says anything in reference to ignorance, he said, I got to break you off a piece of information because brother and I will not have you to be ignorant. Now, I am not the righteousness of God. Because like I said, if, if I was born again and, and delivered from, from doing drugs and then I turn around and sell it because my money is short, then you going to tell me that God's righteousness sells drugs when they come up short? The Bible doesn't say that you are the righteousness of God. How can you be that and you still sin? Some sin is done willfully. Some of it is done in ignorance. So, where are we with this? There are some people that declare their own righteousness. They don't need the Lord. They don't go to church. They always got something negative to say about the eloquent preacher. Who also has been forgiven just like you, if that's the case with you. So, people are going about establishing their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Now, now one thing you need to be aware of is that grace is not just a word. Grace is a person. Jesus is the grace of God. That's, that's when we say, for by grace are you saved, you say, for by Jesus are you saved. Righteousness is not just a word. It's a person. Jesus is the righteousness of God. So these are not just abstract terms. Righteousness is a noun. Grace is a noun. A noun is a person, place, or thing. I ain't getting nothing else from BTW. I got that one. <laughs> okay, so I know then that, that Jesus saved me. So, you know, being ignorant of God's righteousness, people go about to establish their own righteousness. Oh, they're so proud to go to that church on Saturday. Oh, they're so proud they don't eat pork meat no more. Oh, they're just as proud as they can be. Because they don't juke at the club no more. Well, you shouldn't be juking over there. But righteousness is a person. And if you don't have Christ, you don't have God's righteousness. Now, I need to say that again. If you, if you, if you don't have Christ, you don't have God's righteousness. And if you don't have God's righteousness, you have your own, and that's filthy rag. And you know what filthy rags are. That's in your Bible. It's a woman on her menstrual cycle, and it's the rags. That's what it is. Don't, 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 don't look at me like God said it. See, see, here's the problem. I'm standing up here going right along, and I tell you something, God says, ain't being rude. Talk to him. God say, you don't have my righteousness if you don't have my son. Huh? 
You don't have Jesus, you don't have what God approves. And if you don't have what God approves, and you approve in your own righteousness, you are lost. You were born lost. And you're still lost if you don't have Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.30. To show you that righteousness is a person. It's not just a loose word. And that righteousness, when we accepted Jesus, God clothed our human spirit in his righteousness. That's what Paul meant when he said, that I can be clothed with my house from on high. So your human spirit has the righteousness of God, which is the righteousness of God in Christ, has clothed your human spirit. And before you accepted Jesus, you were naked. You were naked. Still here? Man, this is, this is, this is better than a beef jerky with a sandwich on it. I know it didn't make no sense. That's why I said it. <laughs> okay, 1 Corinthians 1 and 30 to show you that, that these words are a person. 1 Corinthians 1 and 30. Let me start at verse 29. That no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him, but of God, are you that are born again, but of God are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He's a redeemer. Even, even redemption is a person. All these are attributes of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But of him are you in Christ Jesus who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. I can glory in the Lord this morning. Oh, you may know of my human proclivities. Well, that's all right. Somebody know of your human proclivities. But it does not send you to hell because you proclivit. salvation is a temporary setup. It's an eternal setup. I give unto them, this is what Jesus said, eternal life and they shall never perish. Now, I need to reason with you. May I? May I? Some of y'all ain't said something all Sunday. May I reason with you? Since you and I, we and us, were born in sin and shaping in iniquity and born with a unrighteous birth to the point we had to be born again. Now, God gave us this free gift of righteousness and abundance of grace. Abundance of grace. Abundance of grace. How did he get it to you and to me? Righteousness. I couldn't work for it. Now, now let me, let me, let me Put a disclaimer right here, not a disclaimer, but an explanation. Paul, in writing in another place, says that it is not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy hath he saved us by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now wait just a minute. Not by works of righteousness. Which we have done. Paul had direct reference to the law of Moses. The works of righteousness was keeping the Sabbath day. Bringing a sacrifice. Those kind of things. Were works of righteousness. And that's why a lot of people think that you can be saved and lost. Because they don't quite understand what God is talking about over in the book of Ezekiel, which I won't go over there now, but this is in essence what it says. It says, if a man work the works of righteousness, in other words, by keeping the Sabbath day, bringing the animal sacrifice for his sins, and all that to the tabernacle in the wilderness, if a man continues on that path, and he dies with that mindset, and doing those works of righteousness, 
that man under the law or the dispensation at that time would be declared a righteous man when he died because he continued to do works of righteousness. All right, now, if a man, just like some folk today, if a man says, okay, I'm tired of going to that church. I'm tired of tithing. I'm just tired. I ain't doing it no more. And so that man decided, look, I'm tired of carrying all my livestock down there. Well, quit messing up. <laughs> so the guy says, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of going down there to that tabernacle with Moses and Joshua and all the rest of them. I'm not going back no more. No mas. And that man died. He died an unrighteous man. Because he quit on God. So those were works of righteousness. So Paul, who was taught the law at the feet of Gamal and saved by the grace of God and called on Jesus on the road to Damascus on his way down there to arrest all those that were calling on the Lord, he met Jesus. And God gave him the gift of righteousness. So no longer... Trying to keep a Sabbath day. I ain't got no help in here. No, no, no longer going to the temple no more. Don't have to do that because you've been given righteousness as a free gift. And that's why he says, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. But according to his mercy. Come on, Bartimaeus. According to his mercy. Hath he saved us by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost came, that's another subject. But we have been declared righteous because we accepted Jesus. And have been given right standing with God because of Jesus' death at the cross at Calvary. So it's not by righteousness. Our works is by what God has approved and has given to us freely as a gift. That's why Christians should not be running around condemning sinners. You barely got in yourself. <laughs> by the hell your chinny chin chin. Now here you condemning everybody. Folk can't even work with you. You, you always got another scripture. Ain't nothing wrong with the scripture. It's wrong with you, your attitude. We're not to be walking around in this world like people are beneath us because, you know, they don't know Jesus. Well, if that's the attitude, you probably never will win a soul. You got to humble yourself under God's mighty hand and start, you know, telling these people how much the Lord loved them and, and, and reaching out to them. Because all have sinned. Every little baby that's born again that's born, need to be born again. And every little baby that was born today, ain't nothing but a little bundle of sin. <laughs> little liar. You can feed them, wash them and everything. They're still there screaming and throwing the, throwing the blanket all out the bed and everything. Little liar. So then how... Did God fix the system? Now, we need to understand, we're dealing with the one who made us. We're dealing with our creator, who cannot lie. If he say you saved because you came to Jesus, you saved. If he says in his word, I've given you the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace so you can reign in life, reign in life. Pay them bills off. Start learning how to live, laugh, Love and be happy. So how does a God that's almighty get to us righteousness as a free gift and justification? That's a gift too. How can he get that to us and not pollute himself because he's the holy one? Ha! I like that question. God set the system up. And when you understand that, 
You don't let your neighbor or the devil condemn you. Say something like this. Yeah, I messed up. I ain't proud of it, but I know God forgave me because I asked him to. And I'm moving on to the next thing. Let me introduce a word to you. Imputation. Say that back to me. Some of y'all act like you ain't want to say it. Say imputation. Now, I'm not talking about amputation. You know, that's, that's when you lose that left foot. I ain't talking about amputation. I'm talking about imputation. That's what I want to talk about right quick. Because that's how God got this gift of righteousness to us by imputation. Say imputation. All right. This is what you call an imputed righteousness. That, there's a little book called the book of Philemon. It's only one chapter. But I think it's going to express the heart of what we are after right here. Can you see yourself? Go to, go to uh, Philemon. I should have had the ushers give you that when you came through the door so you could found it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you could have found it by now. Okay, Philemon. And in this, in this book, and I, I like Philemon because Philemon deals with, with slavery. Uh-huh. For those that, well, don't get me started. I ain't going to make this no civil rights morning. Philemon is right before the book of Hebrews. Now, I didn't help you out. Remember that during the offering, all right? Some of y'all over there looking at Job and everything else. Come in. <laughs> Come on up with it, Holmes. All right, you, you finally found Philemon? Okay, now, now notice this. In the 18th verse, you'll find these consecrated words. They're going to seem to be unattached, but hold on, I'm coming. Philemon, verse 18. If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee anything, put that on mine account. Uh-huh. That's imputation. See, Philemon was a rich brother that had servants. Philemon had a servant by the name of one Simus or uh, Onesimus. Onesimus had run away. When Onesimus had run away being a slave, he came across a brother by the name of Paul, the apostle. Paul was preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified, buried and raised again. That's the good news of the gospel. So, no doubt after Paul had finished preaching Jesus, Onesimus, the runaway slave, came to Paul and confessed that I run away from my master. I run away. And Paul no doubt said, well, who is your master? Because they had a lot of slaves in the Roman Empire. Slavery didn't just happen here in America. So Paul said, well, who is your who is your master? Who did you run away from? He said, Philemon. He said, what? I know Phil. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I know Phil. I've, I've been to the house. I've, I've, you know, I, you know I've, I've spent some nights there with Dr. Phil. He said, did you... Did you break up something before you leave? Did you tear out the big window in the front, jump through it to run away? What? So I tell you what, I'm going to write Philemon, the wealthy brother. And I'm going to tell him this. If one Simus, Onesimus, 
if Onesimus have done you wrong, or if Onesimus owes you anything because of your and my relationship, Put it, whatever he owes you, on my account. God ain't doing anything for none of us without Jesus. And because of what Christ did at Calvary in giving his life and becoming our substitute, God says, because you have come to my son, I'm putting all of your sins on his account. And I'm going to turn around and I'm going to put his righteousness and wisdom and justification and sanctification onto your account. That's what imputation is. That's what it is. So don't you ever let your flesh make you think that you or better than anybody, or that you pass during a certain thing. Man, please. We wronged God because of what Adam did. And God is saying, I need an example in the earth realm that will show you a picture of imputation. And the only thing I'm asking you to do is to believe my word. And believe my word and believe that Jesus is my son who died on that cross for you. Took your place. Your place. So that you could be saved. All the wrong that you have ever done or ever would have done in the future, I'm putting that on Jesus. And all that Jesus is, I'm putting that on you. I'm taking your wrong and I'm giving you my right. I'm almost shuddered on that one right there. I'm, I'm taking your wrong and I'm giving you my right. I'm imparting this to you. And God found a real example in Abraham. Go to Galatians. I'm through after this. I'm not through with this message, but I know you're busy. So God put our sins on Jesus' account when he died on that cross. That's why I must not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground, every bit of it, is sinking sand. Are you in Galatians? Go to the third chapter. Verses 6 through 9. You'll find these words. Even as Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. So what did Abraham do? He believed God. And what did God put on Abraham's account? Righteousness. He believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they who are of faith, the same are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify, that's a legal word, or declare righteous, that God would justify the Gentiles through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. So then, they who are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. What did Abraham do to be declared righteous? He believed God. What did we do to get born again? We believe God. And confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. So when Abraham carried Isaac upon Mount Moriah to kill him, that was a picture of God the Father slaying his son Jesus Christ. 
And when Abraham pulled that knife above his head to kill Isaac, whom he had bound to the altar, Isaac was a type of Christ. Abraham was a type of God. And the Lord told him, don't do the lad no harm. And he looked behind, and there was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. What does that ram represent? It represents peace with God. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ and us receiving Jesus Christ that we have peace with God. And that peace is a person. That grace is a person. That righteousness is a person. That wisdom is a person. That sanctification and redemption is a person. And that gift of righteousness, which means I can never be lost. You can talk about me as much as you please, and the more you talk, I'm going to bend my knees. Because you can't get me out of Christ because you don't know where I am. My life is hidden with Christ in God. Justified. Declared righteous. Given the gift of righteousness. So that we can never be lost. Justified. Freely by his grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So don't you let nobody fool you having you going through all those changes. If you ask God for forgiveness, he'll do it. If you ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost, he'll do it. If you ask God for wisdom, he'll do it. Let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your heart and mind in Christ. So, his righteousness put on our account. Our wrongdoing put on his account. And God says, I'll never leave you. Now the question is, is will I do his will There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come the Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. The trouble all over the world. I'm telling every man, woman, boy, and girl is coming soon. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you say those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded. In the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the question's up. Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before. And you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. 
That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you. <laughs>